This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Something strange happened to me as a fly fisher after I finished college and graduate school. I honestly thought I'd have to discipline myself not to fly fish too much or it would interfere with my job. But honestly, I found that the opposite was true. I soon realized that I had to discipline myself to fly fish. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. You know, it's, it's not that I loved it any less, but there were a number of factors that made it hard to find time to fly fish. And that's what we're talking about today, how to make time to fly fish. Dave, I know you face the same struggle. Uh, what are some of the factors in life that make it hard to find time to fly fish? I was recently fly fishing out in Park City, Utah, and we went out on one of the tributaries of the Provo, and we had a young fly fisher, and the guy was probably 22, 23, and I, I've never seen such a talent fly wow. fisher. I mean, this guy was amazing, mm. and I just thought, man, at 22, to be that yeah skilled and talented at 22 but then i looked at his life and he had dropped out of college and he became a really a ski bum and mm -hmm. a fly fishing bum wow and i thought man wouldn't that be great <laughs> and uh probably not because i wouldn't be where i'm at exactly but in the yeah. moment i thought man and but when you think about in your 20s and if you are not married and let's say you're either done with college or you dropped out of college you know, you have your job and then you have fly fishing. And, yep. and if you're living in the West and mm -hmm. you live so, or someplace near to it, then it's a wonderful point in your life that you'll yeah. never have again, most likely. So, yeah. you know, I have struggled with this through the years and there's different mm -hmm. reasons for it at different stretches. I looked at yep. my life in my 20s and at the, I didn't get married until at the end of my 20s. And, and so, but once you get married and you have kids, all of a sudden it's a little hard to cost justify and time justify that's two true. to three days away from the family. Oh, that's so, so true. So I would say there are a lot of reasons for this, yeah. but you know, certainly as you're trying to build a career, mm -hmm. um, the demands of work are, are, are pressing now. That's a big one. It's it a really big is. one. Now think about mm -hmm. you, Steve. I mean, you got married earlier. Mm -hmm. and um, but the demands of having a young family and being a young pastor yeah right oh, I remember yeah, I remember times in Montana where uh, you know in the the mid late 90s where uh, wow I, I was just so busy with with what I was doing and and man I would do everything I could to carve out an afternoon and sometimes I'd have an evening meeting and and you know it, it sounds uh, really idyllic to live uh, really close to all these blue ribbon trout waters. I mean, I was less than a mile away from the East Gallatin River. I, That's could, amazing. I could see it from my house. I was, you know, I was five miles from the Gallatin. I was, what is that? Maybe 25, 30 miles from the Madison and and I could get over to the Yellowstone in an hour. And I mean, that, that's a fly fisher's dream. But you know what I realized in some ways, I can fly fish more in those very rivers. Now that I live here in Illinois, I go back for a week and I can do nothing but fly fish. And That's it, interesting. Yeah, it, it really is. And sometimes people say, well, how, how could you ever leave that, especially since you love fly fishing? Well, 
you know, the, the reality is that, that I was very committed to uh, my work and, and I took time off. It wasn't that I, I don't think I was a workaholic, but, you know, at the end of the day, when, when you have a job, uh, it, that, that just changes things. It does. And, you, and you're trying to build a career like you're being a pastor. I mean, you're trying to help grow a congregation, right. crisis. I remember all the oh, stories yeah. you tell about the kid like who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And so your day, your week goes from a normal week being a pastor to, you know, helping a grieving family and, you know, dealing with the funeral. And I mean, that's just crushing right. at some point. Right. And I had a little bit of flexibility. Funny thing is I had a friend who was a pastor there and he, he counted it as work time. He said, I always think about my sermon or homily for Sunday. Part of my prep time is is fly fishing every Friday <laughs> afternoon. I thought, well, I'm glad that works for you. When I'm out there fly fishing, I'm not thinking about uh, you know, a sermon or a homily. I'm I'm out there thinking about catching trout. So. Oh, it would be really great if you could deduct all those fly fishing oh, expenses. Oh, man. No, isn't that true? <laughs> that's right. Okay, so demands of work, that's a big one. Uh, Dave, you touched on family responsibilities, and I know... Uh, for me, my word, when my kids got into high school, well, even before that, even in grade school, but man, when they hit high school, uh, I mean, every weekend and sometimes even weeknights where I would have snuck out and, and, and man, this would be a great time to go, you know, fly fishing for some of those browns that are running in October. But, you know, I had volleyball games to go to and, and then later it's, uh, you know, it's, it's basketball, though that was more during the, the time of the year where you don't fish as much. But that would, the tournaments, though, would bleed yeah. into March. Where Absolutely. I, yeah, there were times like, man, this is great. I know that there's, a, you know, there's midges on the water. There's something coming off. And I got a basketball game. And, and I love those. I love my kids' sports. But Weren't you also an announcer, high school announcer yeah, yeah, for I, basketball? Yeah, I did PA announcing. That was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I would end up going to tournaments. You know, I'd drive to Helena and drive by all this great fly water and think, yeah, but i got to be in the gym, you know, for the next day. And, and it was great, except that I knew man, I'm so close to Missouri. This is just wrong that I can't fish. Well, both you and I have four kids. So when you have four kids, there's limited cars. There's only two of you as mom and dad. So you're, I mean, you cannot like not be there, even if you want to simply because you have to carpool. Yep. And Mm -hmm. my wife and I have used a lot of uh, favors uh, of our friends, you know, having them bring Corey home from football practice. And and so you do what you can, but kids really do this. Now, this has really affected me with hunting. I go back and hunt in North Dakota every fall, waterfowl and upland game. It's been a family tradition for, gosh, 30, 40 years. Uh, This year, Corey, who plays football at the high school, he's a, will be a sophomore. We decided we can't go back this year. We can't go back on uh, opening day, which we've normally done. We have to go back, uh, not until, uh, you know, hopefully they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of hoping they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> don't let them listen to this podcast, exactly. Dave. <laughs> but but for Corey, I mean, he, he until the, I think it's the last week of October is the, is, the last, is the last game. So we can't really go back until the first week of, of November, which I'm actually okay with because you get a little bit better goose and duck hunting and you, the, you don't get as good as, as pheasant hunting because you're not there for opener. However, these kids... They just drain you of energy and of opportunity <laughs> to yeah. get out fly fishing. And so, um, you know, family is as wonderful as I as it is and as I love my family, my goodness, it's such a drain on on, on trying to get out. 
Oh, it is. And in fact, my sons loved to fly fish, you know, even when they were junior high, high school. And sometimes they would guilt me into, that's no fair. You can't go out and fish because I, you know, I've got practice or I've got a game. Can you wait a couple days? And so I'd sometimes give in. So even that worked against me. Hey, you also mentioned uh, money and, and, you know, just sometimes the effort involved. I mean, that's part of it too, isn't it? Yes, man. I tell you what, everybody has a budget. You all have, uh, we all have limited resources, and especially when you have a family, it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's really hard to carve out extra money for things that are just for you yeah. or just for you and your wife. When you have a family, you need family vacations and, and, you know, diapers that just kill you early on, and then it's bikes, and it's, you know, now it's college tuition, mm-hmm. and money's a big issue, right? Yeah. And, and even though once you get set up fly fishing, it's not like, I don't think it's as expensive as golf. I don't know. Yeah. At least ongoing. But once you're set up, you know, it's just the expense of getting out onto the river. Exactly. Right? I mean, when I lived in Montana, now that was the nice piece that the money thing wasn't the issue because, yeah, once you have the gear, you've got the flies and, you know, all I had to do was drive a couple miles down to the river and start fishing. There's no expense to that. Well, now, you know, to get out there, we're looking at a three, four hundred dollar you know, on, on a good, on, on a good uh, season for airline rates, uh, yeah, that, that's what you have to pay at the bottom end to get out to Montana. And then, you know, we, we're fortunate. We know a lot of people we can stay with. But if, if you don't, then you're staying in a hotel and you're a cabin somewhere. And, and it, it really does. It adds up. You know, I think something else that we, we face, too, is sometimes there's no one to go with you. And and I know both you and me, we don't mind fishing by ourselves. That, that's fine. But, you know, it really does help to have a fly fishing partner. And, and I think there's, we've talked about this before, there's a safety factor to that. Absolutely. But, you know, sometimes you, you say, well, my friends, uh, they don't fly fish or they're not available. Or, or my spouse, my children, maybe they have different interests or they, they've got other things that they're doing as well so those are all uh, issues that make it really difficult to, uh, uh, to to fly fish just recently you were gone I think in California my wife was gone and I was and it hit me only a few days later I thought you know I had a two-day window why didn't I just jump in the car go up the drift list by myself yeah, but yeah. there was that there was no one to motivate me or remind yeah. me mm-hmm. to go do it. And I thought, oh, I just yeah. missed a window. I could have gone up there for at least a day or a day and a half and yeah. and then jumped all the way back. But, you know, sometimes you're right. The, one of the barriers is you have nobody to kind of help you through it and just encourage you and motivate you and just chum along to go fly fishing. Yeah, that's right. And then you add all the different interests that you have, your family has, and Fly fishing can become one of uh, 19 things that your family's trying to do. So, what can you do to make time to fly fish? We, we've kind of identified the problem, hopefully. We, we've said there's, there's a lot of things that, that work against that, but uh, what are the solutions? What can you do to make time to fly fish? Uh, a friend of mine, her, her and her husband are part of a small group that we are a part of. We, it's a church mm-hmm. small group. And we were chatting the other day, and she makes she made this comment. She goes, Dave, I don't know of anyone else in my life. She actually is an executive with McDonald's. She said, I don't know of anyone in my life who gets out and is as balanced as you are. Hmm. Wow. 
And I said, I don't think you know me very well <laughs> because I work all the time. But huh. she said, yeah. but you always get out. You always yeah. are going out fly fishing. And I thought about it, thinking about the hunting that I do and now the fly fishing that I do. And I think, all right, maybe she's right. I just think this is normal, mm -hmm. but it yeah. may not be normal. But I think the first thing, if you're going to figure out a way to add fly fishing into your life, is that you have to cut something else out. Yeah. So you have to limit your hobbies. I think that's yeah. one reason mm -hmm. why often you'll see people either be a golfer or a fly fisher yep. and not mm -hmm. both. Now, yep. there's guys who are golfers and then they go on a fly fishing outfitting trip. I don't really call people who just go to... Outfitters, I don't really call those fly fishers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're a real fly fisher, right? You fly fish once every two years and you pay yeah. five grand to do it. I don't yeah. think you're a fly fisher. But um, but people who actually are into both golf and fly fishing are rare, I think. Maybe mm -hmm. not. Maybe somebody will post here and say, No, I do both. I do both a lot. But one of it is you have to limit your hobbies. You do. I mean, it, it's the only way to make it happen. You have to decide what, what is it that you enjoy the most. And really, that's why I, I, I stopped playing golf a long time ago. It's supposed to be relaxing. I get frustrated. I was such a lousy uh, golfer. And, and I preferred to, to fly fish. And it just dawned on me one day, why, why do something that I really don't enjoy that much I'm going to take all that money that I might spend in clubs and green fees, and and I'm going to fly fish. And I remember that scene that you described in one of the articles uh, that you posted. You were you were standing on a green overseeing the Gallatin, yeah. and you were thinking to yourself, "Man, I'd rather be fly fishing." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when was that? That was. Oh yeah, that was several years ago. It was on that uh, Cottonwood Golf Course that overlooks the uh, the, the Gallatin River. Uh, you know, as you head out on the Norris Road, um, yeah, just west of Bozeman, right? Just west of Bozeman, <laughs> just west of Four Corners, and yeah, I think that was a moment where I was like, man, why am I why, golfing? Why am I doing this? You know, right. why am I doing this? Let's uh, let's just do the fly fishing piece. So, yeah, that, that's a good point. There's always things that you have to cut out. So I would say the second thing is, and this sounds a little bit like a cliche, and I'm not sure it's practical. <laughs> But it is. It, you have to put it on the calendar and follow through. Oh man, that is practical. I mean, what other? Yeah. What other way are you going to fly fish? Oh, I know. I mean, I think of times where you and and I have put a trip on the calendar, and, and as it gets closer, I could think of reasons. Boy, oh my I've goodness. got other things I need to do. But because we've made that commitment and we've planned for it, and our families know it they're even encouraging us to go. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah. Why are they so yeah. happy for yeah, us to I go? I know. <laughs> Is it because they want us to fly fish? Or they... <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you, Dave. Absolutely. It, it, it does. It sounds cliche-ish, but you know what? If you don't plan for it, I mean, I, I've had to do that in my, you know, in my career, even as a pastor, where you're really on call 24-7, and I will schedule... Uh, my family into my calendar and I do the same with fly fishing otherwise uh, I just don't have that that left over time and I'm like you Dave I have a lot of people say man you you know you, you're pretty balanced you spend a lot of time you know pursuing some other things and I think well that, that's just because I'm relentless at it it's like I said before I've learned that I have to discipline myself to do the things that I love to do it's uh, crazy. That's the challenge. I mean, what you just said yeah. is crazy when you really think oh, about it. Oh, it is. You have I to know. discipline yourself to do the things you love yep. to do. I 
back to the scheduling, um, almost every time that we put a date on the calendar, I remember just this last time we said we we're going to go to the Driftless, and and I uh, was getting audited that week. Um, oh yeah, and right. I um, there were all these things that I was thinking I can't go, I can't go, I can't go. But mm -hmm. part of it was how am I going to tell Steve that I can't go? And um, and That's I right. figured you, a way around. You it. don't want to see me cry and throw a fit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, that kind of leads into another one that I know both you and I are committed to, and that is find a fly fishing buddy. I mean, that, that really does help. There's, there's a joy in, in sharing it with someone else, you know, whether that's a friend or a family member. But like you said, that really helps with the accountability. Yeah, to get felt, out there in the water. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. There are times where, like, man, I, I think I would just rather stay home. I've, I've got so much you know, stress right now, I just need to plow through the work, but no, I've made the commitment. And then I go on the trip and I come back and it's actually the best thing. Then I really do plow through the work because I'm refreshed. I think the hard question though, is if you're older, older meaning, let's say in your thirties, forties, and you pick up fly fishing and let's say you're in the suburbs, um, you know, trying to find someone who that you can go with on a regular basis, that's kind of hard to do. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that before. That's a great point. Yeah, it's like, how do you find somebody? I remember years ago, there was a professor at one of the local colleges who attended uh, the church that I attended at the time, and he knew I fly fished, and he kept pestering me. I want to be your fly... He didn't say it like this, right? He didn't say, I want to be your fly fishing buddy. That's kind of creepy. But... Um, he, he just kept pursuing me and I thought, dude, I already have someone I fly fish, which was you and another guy that I had fly fished and yeah. my brother who I fly right. fished. I was thinking, man, I have no more Lego attachments on my Lego. Yeah. I can't attach another, I just can't do it. But I think it's hard. I think you have yeah. to figure it out. Like you have to attend events, yep. try unlimited events. You mm -hmm. have to, in and all those people are paired up too. If you go to some of those events, the buddies yeah. do it together, but you have to figure it out. I mean, I think it's, you just have to keep at it. Yep. And, uh, That's true. Maybe find somebody that you think might enjoy it and invite them along and do a guided trip and yeah. get them hooked. Yeah. It's tough. You know, we've, we've done something else too, Dave. I think we've, we've worked hard at using some of the small windows, you know, recently that you just alluded to it. It was like a 36 hour trip to Wisconsin <laughs> and, we're going to talk about that in another podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that's another story in yeah, and of itself. Yeah, for another time. Yes, but the point is we, you know, we made that happen even though we really had a day and a half. I, and man, I, th I think we were driving longer than we actually fly fished. That's true. How long is it there? Four? About four hours. Four hours? Yeah. yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. And <laughs> we fly fished that evening and then that yeah. morning. I, right. I think... I think we drove longer than we actually fly fished. Oh, I think it is. And there's a story behind that, too. And there's but, a reason uh, why. Yeah, yeah, several reasons why. Several reasons yeah. why. Yeah. But, you know, we've done that. We've made use of those small windows. If you do live near a trout stream, and that's what I did in Montana, I would often, you know, I could carve out three or four hours. And sometimes it was frustrating because I, I wanted more time just so I didn't feel rushed. But, you know, uh, I would spend an hour to get there, 45 minutes to get there and, and fly fish the Madison or, or the Yellowstone. And, you know, maybe I'd have two and a half hours on the water, but, uh, I, I had some great fishing and, and some really good downtime. 
You know, something else related to that is taking time off. Uh, some have, have made this statement. It's really a generalization. It's not true of everybody, but kind of like baby boomers live to work and millennials work to live. Now, I think maybe the millennials are smarter than yeah, we mean, are, the baby boomers. <laughs> I but, wish I were a millennial. Yeah, that, that's right. But point is, uh, if, if you're a hard-driving person at work, and, and I, I do that as much as I love to fly fish, I get into these modes where I think, no, I can't go fish. I, I just need to plow through these projects, and then I'll have time. But the truth is, you don't have time. You, you have to make it. You and do. I also think... In, in a, to add to the previous point, which is make use of small windows, this idea of taking time off, I, I do think you have to take chunks off, right? So you I and agree. I do the weeks. Yep. We do the weeks in Montana, and they mm -hmm. end up not being a full seven days, but for sure they are four days mm -hmm. um, by the time we leave and then come back. Yeah. But really taking time off. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, one final question, Dave. What do you think about this? Is it true? Do you think it's really true that you can fly fish more in retirement? I mean, neither of us are retired, but as, as you watch people, as you listen to people, do you, do you think it's true? I don't. You know, when I was 38, I started my business, and I remember thinking very distinctly, I have now retired. Now, <laughs> that was a joke, right? Yeah. Because I, you know... Uh, I white knuckled it for three years, yeah. to, not knowing if I was going to make yeah. it, or lose yeah. my house. And, you know, we finally got over that hurdle and started making a little money. And then all of a sudden the Great Recession hit. And, you know, <laughs> so it's been a big journey and it's been a wonderful journey. And I would never trade it. And uh, really, or I'm at this place in mm -hmm. my life where I'm just very grateful for, for where the business is. However... Um, I made that decision that I'm going to do what I want to do. And part of that was, was starting a business. But the other thing was saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to fly fish and I'm going to hunt and I'm going to put that into my life. I, when I listen to other people talk about what they're going to do in retirement, I think unless you have a passion that you've developed before retirement, yeah. it's almost impossible to pick it up. Now, not yeah. always. Mm -hmm. All right. So there'll be those who say, well, I picked up, you know, this and this when I retired. And I get it. Some people pick up golf, some people, and you can do that. So I'm not saying you can't, but I would say in general, this idea that somehow life is going to happen at retirement, I think it's so sad because you're giving up all those other years. Yeah. I mean, think about how yeah. sad mm -hmm. that is. Yep. You're sacrificing all those years when you could have been fly fishing for this ideal point in yeah. time, and you might not even be healthy to enjoy it. Yep. So I would say no to the answer. Yep. I think I don't think you're going to fly fish more in retirement. I think retirement is a reflection on what you were doing prior to your life. I think it's a great point. So. I, I really do. I really agree with that. And I think I, I should have said this at the outcast, but just to remind listeners that, especially if you're a new listener and don't know us, we're, we're not fly fishing professionals. I mean, we don't resemble it in the way that we fish, <laughs> but nor are we doing this no. professionally. This is an avocation. This is just something fun we love to do, the, the fly fishing and this podcast. So uh, we both have full-time jobs. We have families. So we, we understand. We, we get it that it's hard to take the time. What did, how many days did we say? We probably range between 10 and 20 a year. Yeah, I, I, think, that's, uh, I think that's about right. Uh, yeah, the days have gotten less now that we don't live in the West, but those days are often full days. But, yes, uh, right. They're but not, yeah, that, that is different. It's, they're it's not different. a half day or just an evening. Right. It, it tends to be we're going to go take two days, go yeah. up to the Driftless, 
Yep. And it's an intense two days of fly fishing. Yep, but, that's yeah. very true. Right. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a comment on our Facebook page from Rich Smith. He says, I not only love your podcast, but it has also gotten me excited about picking up a fly rod again after two decades. Keep up the great work. Now, what I love about that is the reminder that it's never too late to start fly fishing again to uh, reintroduce it to the rhythms of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And whether it's for the first time or the second time or whatever, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you decide to get into it and do it right? yep. and learn it, right? And that's it. That's so much of what we've said today. You, you just have to do it. And it sounds like a cliche, but uh, wow, you know, life just kind of works against that. You, you really totally have to does. be intentional. Well, that's going to do it for today. Uh, we'd really like to know how do you make time to fly fish in your busy life? Please share your thoughts with us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. How do you make time for fly fishing? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. Give us a review. That helps. It helps others uh, decide whether the podcast is a good fit for them. Also, you can download a podcast app on your iPhone or Android and receive our weekly podcasts. That's how I listen to most of the podcasts that I subscribe to. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.